0: Look at us now. Tip to
1: tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this
0: show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. We've (laughs) We've changed a lot and then some, some, but know that we have always been down, down. This is the best combat sports show of all time. We're from Omaha. Period. It is morning combat, and it is Friday, February twenty fifth, two 2022. My name is Brian Campbell, that American alpha, that BBC with the BDE. How's your guy back, BDE? Uh, <laughs> American alpha. <laughs> Raisingly daring to be uh, uh, unemployed soon. Uh, that's Luke Thomas, my co-host and partner. I'm hearing an echo of myself in my ear, Manich. Um,
0: BC, if I ever didn't
1: thank you, you, then just let me. Do thank it you, now. thank you, thank you so much, uh, SA Martinez over there. Uh, All <laughs> well, the look, ones and twos, bro. It's just so much better together. What we do here, Luke. Okay, you know what I'm saying? It's a. I love being here. Okay.
0: I really do. I love. You being
1: should. Here. I wish they had camera. I mean, I know that we, we're not filming the dock this week, but we film the dock a lot. We got cameras following us. Jake's right there. Jake's on that camera right there. But uh, I wish that this they had it this week when you're like you know BC. I didn't think it would go over me, you know, vaping on camera. But you know, you would you like to freebase? <laughs> you know, in the studio today, you just
0: want to take it to the next level. Actually, I day. think the quote from BC was, "I'll freebase if I have to." Yeah. I think that was the quote.
1: MK, always pushing boundaries. We do obviously have a fantastic show for you today. Set the weekend straight for the combat that is to come. We hit you up with storylines earlier, but we are now going to make picks, make them previews for all things. Bellator's return Saturday night on Showtime. A UFC fight night card with a very interesting, lightweight main event. A lot of boxing to talk about. Showtime championship boxing returns with Chris Prime Tom Colbert on this Saturday night. And uh, I, I think if you haven't taken that plunge, to do the old 30 days free of showtime, to see what everybody's talking about. Now would be that time. You want championship boxing? You want Bellator this
0: afternoon? Yeah, afternoon card out of Dublin, Ireland. 1 p.m. Eastern
1: is the start on the Showtime and Bellator social channels, YouTube. But 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Showtime, is the start of all things Musasi Vanderford. We're going to get into our final breakdown of that fight shortly. But the whole point is 30 days free. Showtime.com. You get all that. You get B.C. and Deadwood, South Dakota for Showbox March 11th. Be there or be square. Uh, Take that plunge. Luke, people don't like that it takes us 10, 11 minutes of... Of of touching ourselves, reading our promos, talking about all the things we win, to, and then getting to the show. But I kind of like to do a whole show like that, if you wouldn't mind.
0: Wait, not like that or like that?
1: Exactly like that. That's, that's the show I specialize in. I like to call my style shit show chic.
0: You have a situation.
1: That was, actually, that was you five minutes ago, and you're like, "Hold on, sound guy, can we take this off? I, I, it's going to be disgusting. I need to just get this over." This with.
0: is a fact that I can no longer deny. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: I will say those those oddly timed stains. It's on your semen, food. okay? <laughs> all right, all We've right. established that. We have established that. Luke, um, I will say also, um, we did a three day sojourn here to the the new studio, which doesn't have a nickname, right? It's not the bomb shelter. It's not the Orchids of Combat, but it is fantastic. From the web scream poster additions to the new vinyl behind me. The uh, where's Jake? Jake, can we can we zoom in on 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 the origin, the heartbeat of how I got here? This Naugatuck, Connecticut tribute wall. We is that have a picture going from on? Chernobyl. No, that's the uh, <clears throat> the old Naugatuck Chemical where my uncle Walt worked. Okay, ah, okay. they've since torn it More down. More or
0: less like Chernobyl, just shittier.
1: But Luke, um, our new studio rules, and we shot a lot of shit in this three day period. Okay, so coming soon is our producers talking in our ear and also Luke. They just don't talk enough,
0: that's really the problem.
1: Resume review, they'll be (laughs) seeing in the next few days, pre-game preview like men do, Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, How about another high court that we put in the old can? We did. Would you like it here or in the can? That's where we put it, Luke, okay? A little high court action.
0: I'm going to plead the fifth on that.
1: All right, so uh, we... These we, jokes
0: are stupid. We not do... This
1: is really a bad, bad bit, bad open. Bad... <laughs> it's
0: just you trying to, like, swim your way through this uh, sea of terrible jokes. Are you surprised, though, at my uh, at my hard five just
1: not, you know, not really being all that okay. money in the end? All right, well, we can do the show now. All right. We'll talk later when you walk me to my truck, Luke, okay? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. I, um... like, I like how you style the show open... I can't, I, you, you, you uh, let's just say you're a big fan of subreddits. Let's just say that, right? Uh, the Morning Combat Reddit. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, of on, course. When they post that's the question question. it's here. on yes. fire.
1: Um, that's it, though. You don't want me to sell
0: anything else? Let's um, just as a reminder, morningcombat at gmail.com to email the show for Friday's Dead Wrongs, Wednesday's Fan Subs, and like and subscribe and all that good stuff. And we got to keep saying it. BC's on Showtime for Showbox, which is not this weekend, but... Showtime Championship Boxing is back, folks. Showtime.com, 30 day free trial. You do not have to take our word for it. You can try it if you like it. Keep going. Oh, if not, shit, go to dude. Else. Can
1: we shout out MK uh, subscriber W. Kamal Bell?
0: Yeah. Dude, you told me
1: to watch his Bill. I did. His We Need to Have a Conversation about Bill Cosby It's series. unbelievable. It's on Showtime, the app right now. Dude, that shit's real good. So
0: W. Kamal Bell is a comedian. You may have seen him. He had a show on, I think he still has a show on what? CNN for some time. Yeah. Uh, He's done comedy, he had a show on FX years ago, he now has this uh, multi-part documentary series on Bill Cosby, and like, yeah he was a really great comedian, yeah he was a monster, how do we reconcile this? He's an MK fan, and I've seen him out like, just on regular Twitter videos, got nothing to do with the show or anything about MMA, wearing MK gear, so shouts to W. Kamal Bell for being a real one!
1: You think Bill Cosby's an MK fan?
0: I certainly hope not. <laughs> and we already have the French Bill Cosby anyway. We don't need that the American one. That is true. David one. A from France. All
1: right, sportpo- sportspodcastawards.com also would be a site you should hit. If you want this duo, this tandem right here to win another piece of hardware, our actual World MMA Award is uh, is over there right now. But uh, we're up against Ariel. We're up against Chris Jericho. There's some legitimate competition. But you can go there, vote for us for best sports combat sports podcast of the the past year. And your reward would probably be a live show in Vegas this July, so it's up to you. All right, that's where my Campbell's rambles comes to an end. <laughs> Campbell's rambles, that's a good one. And uh, yeah, look at that. Look at that. little little. little uh, Could you be
0: Pinker? You, you look like one of the... Like, you know. You know how you can get like really nice hot dogs at the grocery store, but yeah. then you got them shitty ones at the bottom. Yo, you're like the back of the pack, shitty ass hot dogs.
1: I got a lot of work to do on myself. Would be the best
0: way to say it. Okay. My, Okay. Oh, <laughs> I mean, could I look, I mean, Jesus Christ. You look extra Armenian today, which,
1: <laughs> no, I mean that as a compliment. You look like tanned and strong. You know? I was
0: going over this. I don't look as bald with this. I am balding, but I don't look as bald with uh, the lighting on this studio here. So I like that. Keep that so I don't look fucking horrible. You guys, in, when we go to like Tampa, they're like, hey, can we put a, a light right where Luke is balding and show that shit to everybody?
1: <laughs> yeah remember doc number three where Jake's like, how do I make their their skin look as jaundice and just you know yeah hey were were we fat in Doc three? I know I was yeah I was pretty <laughs> I'm pretty fat right now but I'm turning it around Luke uh, that's right it's up to us as a people to start making some change. Let's go to pick's previews the final speak ahead of this weekend's fights. How about was that English It really was to the people to the people that understand the people that get it those that know that they know the English speakers did not get that. I am one of them. (laughs) All right, all right. Uh, We'll start out our preview with a look at UFC Fight Night, which goes down this weekend, Las Vegas, from the old Apex. And it's a replacement main event in the lightweight division, but one we've been talking about all week. Benil Dariush, he's out. In an opportunistic 10-day, two-week notice, whatever it was, his name is Bobby Green at 35 years old, and he's threatening to climb this lightweight contention ladder and really potentially leap the pack as he's going all in against nine fight winning streak, unbeaten for a while, looking to be all the goods at one five five, and that is Islam Mahachev. Trained, mentored by Habib, by his late father Abdul Manap. And really Luke, I've been you know, going on YouTube UFC fight pass last night, excuse me, and you know, rewatching the Saryukian win. And you're just like, you know, man. He's good. I mean all He's things really Bobby good. all things Bobby Green late career turnaround storyline aside. It, it might not matter who's walking through that door. Dariush, uh, Tony Ferguson, uh, Charles Oliveira. How great is Islam Mahachev?
0: He's really great. He's really, really, really great. And uh, shouts to Jack Slack, by the way, who put out a video sometime earlier in the week talking about how Makhachev's striking has evolved and how it aids his wrestling and, and sort of walking through how he approaches fights. It's a really good video. I strongly recommend it. So go check that out, shouts to Jack Slack. Um, but, dude, he's so solid. He's so solid. I realize that the one loss that he has in the UFC is a function of making mistakes, but those kinds of situations, he just doesn't really put himself in anymore. He's not reaching for punches in the same way that he used to. And more to the point, you know, Habib, it worked for him. There's, no, there's always, like, there's no right way or wrong way. Obviously, there are best practices, but, you know, there can be such variety in how guys fight. Habib has a certain, like, get-after-it intensity all the time where you just know, like, an attack is imminent. You just don't sure exactly when. Makachev has some of that, he just slows it down, so he takes his time, he's patient. It makes him less of a dynamic fighting presence in the way that Habib was, you know, relative to that. But dude, you just watch the guy work. All the decisions he makes, they all are in line with everything else he's trying to do, the pieces of his game fit into the other parts, and he's got such a lead on his competitors in the grappling and sort of submission department, obviously getting the fight to the floor with the, with the throws and the trips. That trip he hit the, on Saryukin was unbelievable, the foot sweep. And just how he dealt with a physical force who was... Who Always was, on him. Uh, Saryukin on him. doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, and for a guy like Makachev to slow him down and defeat him is big, dude. He is so talented. I love Bobby Green. You love Bobby Green. Dude, who doesn't like Bobby Green? He is maybe one of the more likable fighters in the in the UFC. It's an uphill climb for him. And this
1: two-fight win streak for Bobby Green seems to have him in a, in a different mental, physical, game-planning IQ. I mean, it, it seems to be coming together for Did Green. Did you
0: see Ali Abdul azizs uh, imitation of Bobby Green? No. <laughs> Listen, Ali got killed for it on social media because, you know, he, you're mocking a fighter you're not supposed to. First of all, I would say everyone lighten up, number one. Well, you know, to, to be
1: fair, Ali was, is, was a fighter. Yeah,
0: was, and certainly is still trains and stuff. But that's not the point. The point was it was actually, I'm not going to say it was good, but it wasn't bad. It was actually halfway decent. He kind of got killed for it. But I, I just want to say I, I didn't think it was all that bad. I didn't know anything.
1: So you could argue, Luke, that Mahachev in, in the original plan, of course, was the Dariush fight really is sort of already locked up number one contendership. Could he lose it here with a loss? Of course. But he is next, we think in the way history seems to be setting us up here for the winner of Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje to see Islam going there. Luke, changing from Darius to Green, from a betting odds standpoint, from a style matchup, it it seems to aid the idea that you know there's nowhere else to go for Islam but to the title after this minus 900 favorite
0: in this fight you rarely see that in UFC that's pretty rare
1: yeah and you know we didn't do a resume review on him per se but it'd be interesting to go back fight by fight over this nine fight win streak and talk about the evolution he's not Habib but he's got a lot of those qualities and the spirit of him, and Habib in the corner if he's not fully Habib what elements of him are so frickin' Habib-like that this is why he is where he is?
0: Um, understa- uh, understanding the progression on the ground about positioning, how to make it move a certain direction, and when it doesn't, how to stay on top. Um, you know how to his dominant forms of control, where he's wrestling with his legs, and in, in addition to doing, um, you know, obviously a forward progression with his upper body and whatnot. He just has a lot of clear. Se- he doesn't just have a lot of skills. That's one thing that he has. He understands what is the order in which I would like to apply these. How do I progress an attack if the attack goes sideways? How do I readapt to it and maintain control? Again, in the stand-up, how do I create punches and striking scenarios that aid my wrestling? Or by itself, I can keep myself safe. I can land. I cannot be overwhelmed. I can take my time. That's, the, that's a big key with Islam Lakachev, taking his time. He doesn't rush into stuff.
1: But he's got a sick motor on top of
0: that. That's another part. Like he's never really getting taxed, is he? Right? People can't out wrestle him, and they can't. They can make him circle a little bit, but then he can stop that whenever he wants to. So ultimately, what ends up happening is he just puts the fight. He makes his opponents fight on his terms, which they've got some skills in, but they're playing catch up. But if you're fighting on your terms, dude, you're going to have cardio for days. Ben Askren always talks about it. He could wrestle as long as he needed to, but when his striking went up there, it, it, it was just taxing in a way he just wasn't used to. You fight it. Islam's pace when Islam is in charge that's a it's not like you're gonna get run over in 60 seconds but it's a tough way to fight
1: on Habib's initial rise even in becoming champion he still was weaponizing his wrestling and the cardio to set up his offense which on the ground would be smashing but the fully matured Habib especially against Conor McGregor really started to step into his striking and use it to sort of uh, I mean he was trying to knock Conor the hell out there's no question there I feel like at the basis, Islam is more confident in his striking base and in yes. his total set. Do you do you see him getting to a point yet where, where he can lead with that if he needs to?
0: Lead with it? That's interesting. Um, I always feel like, okay, always. I feel like for now and for the foreseeable future, if you're Islam and you haven't really introduced a substantial takedown threat, it's not really going to aid your striking. Your striking by itself at that point becomes significantly different. Right? It, it, I, we made this point when, Talking about Tyrant Woodley trying to fight Jake Paul in boxing is obviously a different scenario, but like you know, you have these football teams where they're great at running the ball, and then the, ball, the, the running the ball sets up the pass downfield. What happens if you can't run the ball? The pass isn't really there anymore. So um, in that sense, no, but just pay attention to these numbers. This tells the story, right? Mm-hmm. So strikes landed per minute, 2.2, which is not high. It's pretty low, actually. Strikes absorbed per minute, B.C., 0.79. That might be the lowest yes. I've ever seen for a main event level fighter. Striking defense, 70%. takedown defense, 88% takedown accuracy, 66%. Dude, this guy's defense and offense is extremely efficient. What does that tell you? He makes good decisions about his setups, when to go, when to exit, how to execute.
1: So this fight is really for Mahachev, just survive and advance against Green. You're going to get that title shot anyway. But it's a close-up for his brand, though, just the same, where if you hadn't been following his rise, now he's in the main event, fight night in Las Vegas, take a notice of it. The Bobby Green story has largely overtaken any of that this week, and and maybe rightfully so. He's going to be a plus 600 underdog Green, and we've talked this week about how he's going to be a massive underdog any day of the week, any situation against Mahachev. It's really a bad style matchup for Green. It's a bad style matchup for most people. Most people, Most people, to be very fair. I've argued that if you're at least Bobby Green, the 10-day short notice turnaround mixed with your spirit of like, I'm going for it. I mean the quotes this week, have you seen the Bobby Green quotes? He is. It's been like, fire. I'm that G, I'm that motherfucker. And you know, and I do believe in that to a degree, meaning he's gonna put his best foot forward. This is probably the best case scenario if you're Bobby Green, to do it on short notice, to try to come in and surprise. But he doesn't seem scared in the buildup about spending most of this fight on the back. He's used words like, well, I got a wrestling game too. He does. Is there a scenario, Luke? Bobby Green does not
0: have bad wrestling. He does not have bad wrestling.
1: Okay, so is there a scenario in which Bobby Green can tr- attempt to bring this fight to closer terms by keeping it on the feet longer than we expect it to be?
0: I, I the, the one issue with Bobby is that as good as he is, and he's quite good, he has a good ground game, he has, he has he has good submissions when he wants to, he can play the levels. This is not, this is not a thing in that sense that's beyond his capabilities, but he does like the razzle-dazzle, does he not? He likes the move and evade style of striking. Well, he likes
1: to talk that shit while he's landing the yep, strikes.
0: Yeah, but what I mean to say is when you're that movement guy like this, Um, I just feel like you're going to leave a lot of openings against a guy like uh, Makachev. He is going to look at that and find all kinds of scenarios when you're off-balance. We talked about Adesanya. One of the ways you're able to get under him and get the takedowns is don't get him against the fence. Wait till he's out in the open and wait until he has moved in some kind of way to off-balance himself and then go. And you're seeing a lot more success because guys are doing that. Now, Obviously, his takedown defense has gotten even better, so it's not the easiest way in anymore, but that would be the recommendation. Wait till their their weight is in front of them or behind them or to the side and then go. Bobby Green does a lot of that. So what I would say is, what I want to see from Bobby Green is, if he wants to open up later, good. In part because we know Makachev doesn't rush things. So you need to be really alert and focused, but you don't have to rush it. What I want to see is, you know what Bobby Green has a very good weapon of that I think is going to be hugely valuable here if he goes to it? The jab. Bobby Green's got a great jab. Oh, he can box. He can absolutely. He's from Philly. He's got a Philly air to I him. I don't think so. He does have a Philly. It's funny you mentioned that he does have a Philly air to him. The dude can box. I think if you start putting, and I don't mean just a touch jab, you got to touch up Islam Makhachev. You got to get him out of his comfort zone. You got to make him rethink things. A good stiff jab that he can pump, I think, can really at least set up some good opportunities for him.
1: Well, if you're Bobby Green, you're. People got on me this week and saying, you know, I said, look, it's a risk. It's a risk, meaning you can lose handily to Islam and look really bad. And I know there's an intent, there's a built-in sort of reward of of doing something that the company would want, which is save this main event by being opportunistic. But I still think it's a risk to go in there, because even if the company For Bobby. For Bobby. Even if the company's going to give you on the back end a, a makeup reward, you know, somewhat big-ish fight. And I know the narrative after his last win against Hockprost was just, 35 he may have earned his first main event well he got it Mm -hmm. but i think there's still a risk on your standing bobby green's stock right now is hot he it's only two wins in a row but it's teasing that masvidal like turnaround if you lose and you lose badly it does take a lot of air out of that balloon so on the flip side certainly it's the right advantageous move at the right time because bobby green has a chance to really cut that line but i don't think you look past it It's it's a risk too luke I mean, he could just get handled in there in a way that, okay, you come back and you give him another fight, but he has a chance to cut the line completely or I think kind of get kicked back hmm. pretty far. with a I hadn't a thought loss. too much
0: about this. I would, uh, now that you bring it up, it's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of him as having that Jorge Masvidal potential, but you're right, maybe he actually does. Uh, and I am being unfair, or at least not opening up myself. I here. mean, am I,
1: do I think he's going to go out there and headline pay-per-views and win fighter of the year? No, but it's the whole idea of Figuring it all out right. later in your career, right. Derek Brunson of late, correct?
0: Right, exactly right. There's limits to it, but there's actually a real improvement that can be had as well. Um, I would say this: I, I, clearly, a win would be astronomically important for his career. I mean, it would be a huge. He has nothing in his win column like a win that over Makachev would represent. There's nothing there. Would it be title shot automatically?
1: Because I see some people going, "What if Bobby Green upsets Mahachev and then they give him Connor?" That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, I'll just say this though. And by the way, the, and then the idea was that they give him Connor. Mahachev uh, comes back and wins the title anyway, and then it's Connor versus Mahachev with with uh, you know. Good old um, Habib in, in the corner and the whole storyline all over again. Kill me.
0: Uh, I would just we say got this.
1: dollies. We got it all. Luke. I think okay. a
0: win is hugely transformative for Bobby. It's big for either guy because obviously Islam is pretty close to the title. So it's big for either guy. I would say a loss, while probably bad for Bobby, I would minimize it a little bit and say, dude, people really like him. They're not going to stop liking him because he got beat by a Russian Terminator.
1: Right, But his window of, of not just being pretty damn good, of, of maybe being great is small and if he cash and i would advise him to cash all those chips in and go all in on on this fight and he did it yeah but the
0: risk is i, I think- just can't agree with you that a fight here that if he loses is ruinous i don't think it's ruinous it's short notice. I think it closes, short notice, I
1: think it closes the door on him being a title contender, like going that route, okay? It might. Maybe he gets a main event, maybe he's still a fun fight guy, and him getting the head tattoo at some point in his life and making that <laughs> decision, it, it tells you what, what he's about, okay? He he's about tough, that dude. life. So the whole idea here is you laid out some wrinkles in Bobby Green's game that maybe could help him either stay around or find a way But at the basis, he's a guy who lets his hands go and we're thinking he's going to have to hurt Mahachev. He's going to have to do something. Have you seen Mahachev compromised, hurt, damaged by strikers up to this point? You're talking about his defensive statistics are so incredible and he's got that ability to shut down your offense just by taking you down. Have we seen him though? Because remember with Habib it was like, Nobody touched him, except for maybe Michael Johnson in that first mm-hmm. round once or twice. But you know what? He responded well.
0: Yeah, he did. Uh, he obviously has the Adriano Martins loss, where he got knocked out overreaching for something. Mm-hmm. And then Martins cracked him. But, but him.
1: He's a, he, is he a different fighter now from he then? He is a
0: completely different so have
1: fighter. we? I don't think we've seen him in any, any,
0: any real trouble. So the fights since then were Chris Wade, who's a good uh, wrestler. Nick Lentz, same kind of thing. Gleason Tebow, we know the story. Cajun Johnson, who uh, he got fit. Cajun Johnson got fed to this guy. Uh, then, you, then where you picked up, Armin Saryuki and Davi Hamos, Drew Dover, Thiago Moises, and Dan Hooker. Like, has he been in any real trouble? Damn, you in,
1: can't and... criticize that run
0: because when you add Hooker on top of that, it's just And like... he knocked down Davi Hamos striking. You know what I mean? Like, this guy can kind of get it done. Dude, like, some of his strengths are greater than others, obviously, but now when you assess Makachev, you're like, okay, is he fully well-rounded? No. But what is he bad at? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, dude. Like he is, he, he, he is, a, he he is, he is a fucking hammer.
1: Who we think he is? Yeah, he
0: screen. is. I think so. So if that's
1: the case, Luke, you gotta like him, but do you like him really big?
0: Last three wins, all by finish, all by sub. I think Bobby Green's in trouble. I love Bobby Green. How's Bobby Green's defensive uh, grappling in jiu-jitsu?
1: Is it? Uh... It is
0: stern, but um, he scrambles. He can. Re- that's one thing people don't know. He can scramble. He doesn't get, this is nothing about Bobby that I do think might help him against an opponent who's patient, assuming he doesn't get completely overwhelmed. Um, Bobby is resilient. He is mentally resilient. It's the fourth, I mean, I'm not sure how many five round fights he has, but you've seen him in fights late. He doesn't quit, dude. He has even more intensity late than he does early. So I will say if you're Makachev, you know, uh, a, an opponent's will is something that's hard to quantify, mm-hmm. um, but his will to win is, uh, I, I think, a big reason, A, why people like him, because they can see that manifest itself, win or lose, and B, I think it's something here that Makachev should not lose sight of. You've got an opponent who will not be mentally deterred by what you do. You're, like, for example, Joe Rogan one time made a really great point. This was when Drew Fickett fought, um, who was the original dentist? Josh Neer. And Joe Rogan made a point. He's like, dude, Josh Neer is not going to quit. You can break his arm. You can knock out all his teeth. It doesn't matter. What you have to do is you have to shut the lights off. You have to literally choke him unconscious or punch him unconscious. He will not stop otherwise. Bobby Green has that kind of will. I like that. I like that
1: a lot. Uh, So that's Mahachev by decision. solid. I think
0: he's going to sub him out, actually, yeah. Probably like a Kimura... Like the arm I have to bar. Say, even
1: with the odds where they are, it's a it's a very compelling storyline with the whole situation because, like, if you're a UFC right now, Luke, like, Habib became a pay-per-view star. I mean, did it help having a rivalry with the most famous guy in the history of the sport and then beating him <laughs> down and having a post-fight riot? Yes, <laughs> yes. all of yes, the above. Yes, it did. Yes, it, yes, it did. did. But Habib obviously hits different parts of the global sort of expansion UFC's trying to do. The 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 I mean, for Muslims, he's a hero, Luke. This is the next Habib, whether he's good enough or not, or whether he just carves out his own career. Habib's in his corner. We know that story. Is the UFC thinking, we can sell this hammer.
0: So it's funny. Did you see Habib get on Islam's ass about not doing media? No. He was mad at him for it. He gave him some tough love. He basically told him because Makachev was complaining about all the media he had to do. And Habib goes, then just lose. Just lose. You won't have to worry about this anymore. Just lose. Dude, Habib's a beast. Habib's a beast, dude. He's a beast. I, lo- I love that man. It's, a, it's, it's tough love, but you know what I love about it? It's like his broken English. You understand everything he's saying and you get the exact, like his tonality tells you everything you need to know, even though he's not Shakespeare in English language. Just lose, just lose. Your problems will be solved, just lose. Yo, bitch. Yo, he was basically telling him like, just be tough about it, dude. Just be tougher than you are being about it. <sighs> and you got, dude, I'll say this. Makachev will never be the kind of dynamic personality in his own way. That Habib is, but with Habib in your corner, like bigging you up and helping you and guiding yeah, but dude, you. Dude,
1: I wonder if Connor can stay relevant enough to become, like, you know that's. Does dude. he want to
0: get beat down by two Dagestanis? Cause that's that's, that's, not, he that's, that's not the actual question. It's does he want to keep making
1: massive pay per views and continue yeah, this yeah. Habib versus Connor war? And yeah, would enough. the UFC want to keep, you know, printing that money, Luke? Speaking of hanging through, no matter what, as we talk about Bobby Green, Luke, your earpiece has been trying to run away since this show started. Talking my ear, You've, been, pierce- you've been persevering. Um, Sounds good to me. Usually they wrap that behind the ear. Like you, you caught a hanger, I think, Luke. Okay. From Rounders, remember? Caught you a caught, hanger. You caught a hangover. You, you look like you caught a hangover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, Luke, we don't love. A lot of this card, to be fair. Misha Serkinov in this co-main event, though, is a minus 120 favorite against Wellington. in plus 100. Um, round two for Serkinov in this middleweight uh, move. Not a desperate move, but a recreative effect. Luke, who comes out on top in this one?
0: I don't really know, dude. I just I don't know what's up with Misha Serkinov. I don't necessarily have, like a belief that Wellington Terman is a future title contender, which I did at one point for Misha Serkinov, but Misha Serkinov has fallen so far. And I, honestly, I don't, Wellington Terman might win, dude. I, I, don't, I, I, I hate to say this, because I, I, I do think that certain aspects of the game, he is quite good, uh, but he, he seems to just walk into a lot of trouble. Well, it's determined. Might, might pull the upset here. Might pull the okey doke.
1: All right. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, I, I'm not moved coming in.
0: Maybe I'm. No. Back, I would have yeah. liked to have seen like the real uh, juicy fight on this main card bumped up to the co-main. Yeah. And, uh Joel Alvarez. fight. So
1: Saryukian will be a minus two twenty favorite, and we talked a lot about him on Wednesday. And boy, has he just been a hammer since that since that competitive loss to Islam Makhachev competitive
0: yes that was his ufc debut bro and, but His but like debut was islam makachev but
1: even though he loses the decision they're like he showed that he's a future force and he's lived up to that and you've talked up joel alvarez at plus 180 as a certainly live dog this is a very important fight for this division and for the future maybe more important with saryukian's chops and growing reputation that god darn if we add him into the mix moving soon how tough of a test
0: is alvarez going to be in well this? armenians built different number one uh, Dude,
1: I've been telling, saying that about Edmund for, I mean, he's, he wasn't wrong, you gotta move your head, bro, right? <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> uh,
0: but no, in all seriousness, Saryukian, I, I do think will contend for a title. This is what makes this fight interesting, Alvarez cannot wrestle like Saryukian, not even close. Okay? Saryukian is, by a mile, a much better wrestler. However, here's what gets interesting.
1: Is he an Armenian from Russia?
0: Um, I'm not, I know he lives in Russia now. Okay. I don't exactly know. Okay, what, what um, is interesting though? What is interesting is how he has to approach the fight. See, it goes like this. Joel Alvarez can't wrestle like Saryukin, but he's tall and lanky. He's got a height differential as well. In fact, I can pull it up here, and I can tell you exactly how much taller he is, and certainly rangier. 6'3 versus 5'7. Whenever you see height differentials like that, always pay attention to the fighter who's taller and what kind of knees they have. Um, For example, Dan Hooker is the king of this, firing knees up the middle where you can't see it, you're expecting a jab or a cross or whatever, and then it comes right underneath and you get drilled. Um, Joel Alvarez has that capability generally, and the reason why it's relevant is, one, Saryukian has been told he needs to finish to really, like, UFC matchmakers told him, like, you need to finish for you to really raise your stock. Yes, you're obviously quite good, but you've got you got to put these guys away, and he did in his last one.
1: They don't F around the
0: matchmakers. they don't That'll tell you the truth. Well, the thing is, when you have a guy that good, you've got to be like, dude, you got around this corner. You have so much potential. The point I'm trying to make here is, if he shoots from too far out, one, the takedown will get stuffed, or he could get kneed right in the grill, two, he is shorter. He is going to be threatening the level change to get inside. He has to strike his way to get inside. I do wonder what that knees and height differential, that semi-clinch position, might mean for Saryukin. So this is a, hu- this is a test Saryukin can and probably will pass. Mm-hmm. But some of the unique dangers that a guy like Joel Alvarez provides, he is a very gifted striker, a strong finisher, great strikes, great subs when he wants them. Um, it's an interesting test for Saryukian. Should yeah. pass it, but it's real, real clever matchmaking.
1: I like that these two, meaning main event, Mahachev, feature bout on this main card, Saryukian. I like that they're on the same card because- Alvarez
0: five-inch reach advantage.
1: That which will be interesting because we do imagine a scenario where that rematch happens again, maybe at the title level. I wonder, do you think, uh, you know, because Bobby Green says, all these motherfuckers in the top 10 turned it down. I just had the balls to take it. Was there a UFC thought at all, you think, to sub Saryukian? In a, in a rematch there against... Uh...
0: Not yet. Not yet. They know they have the goods with him. <laughs> yeah. But he needs some time. Okay. He needs some time. M- Makachev needed time too. I mean, his second fight, he got roasted by Adriano You Martins. needed
1: time too, Luke. Early on, you said you worked for Glory. You were the sideline guy, right? I sucked at that job. Jesus Christ. That was terrible. I'd love to see if tapes could resurface.
0: No, the tapes don't look that bad. But I know, okay. I know in my heart, like I was not good at that.
1: Okay. Maybe the tapes will make you look like Tommy Lee. Where <laughs> I'm driving a boat with my hog. <laughs> Luke, how much taurine would you say is in that can? Not enough. Yeah, yeah, right. Luke, Ignacio Bajamondes, let the rhythm take you over, Bajamondes. He's Chilean.
0: Yeah, but I, that was like. Enrique Iglesias is. Uh, See, is he, is he you're, Spanish? You're,
1: you yep. always identify people by where they're from. I'm not. Right, because terrible, here's what you it? do. Here's okay. what you do.
0: You assume that people who have a sort of a vaguely Hispanic last name are from Mexico and or South America, right? That's just what your general assumption is.
1: I don't think like that, Luke.
0: You do, you do. Uh, Enrique Iglesias, bailamos, meaning we dance, is from Spain. That's why he has that lisp when he goes, you know, decir, or whatever the fuck they say. Barcelona. do you care about any
1: other fight on this card, or are Um, are you gonna be teaching Spanish history moving forward, Luke? (laughs) <laughs>
0: Is that an um, Encanto hit? That's an Encanto hit, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a famous song right next to No Se Habla de Bruno. Um, I wonder if Daddy Janky covered that one. <laughs> Dude, my wife loves Daddy Janky. Does he, did he play for the
1: Yankees?
0: I ever tell you this joke that one time, what did she say? My wife couldn't say, uh, there was this woman she worked with,
1: Some bitch. No, no, no. Her name was
0: her name was Jackie, and my wife couldn't say her name correctly with this word. She couldn't say uh, Jackie's yogurt. She would always say Yaki's yogurt. (laughs) 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 She she would always she would always be like, I don't I don't know where Jackie's yogurt is or Yaki's yogurt. Um, on this card, no. Faraz Ziam has done some good work. He's worth paying attention to. Armin, uh, Petrosi, another Armenian opening the main card is worth paying attention to. The other fights themselves don't, don't like um, super wow me.
1: Why doesn't Sarukian nickname himself Hammer? So it's Armin
0: Hammer, Sarukian. Oh, it's like he gave himself some nickname, is that, or the fans a... gave, no, he did a contest in Russia. His manager told me this. He did a contest in Russia and like I think the fans voted on his nickname and it ended up like the number one winner was like, the Armenian was the nickname. I'm like, dude, that's not a good nickname. No,
1: that's not. And that's I told his not.
0: manager, he's like, yeah, we're going to ignore that. We're not yeah, going to, we're not going to yeah, do that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Would you be, I, I, I wouldn't be the American, but I am the American alpha Luke. Are you though? Are you?
1: I got, I got this far, right?
0: How's your back alpha?
1: All right. Uh, Luke, do you care about Terrence McKinney as a minus minus one ten favorite against Fares Ziam?
0: Uh, yeah. That's one one I mentioned earlier. Now, now who's not listening. Um, yes, that is a good fight. Terence McKinney is a good striker, who I think that's the guy that had the quick knockout in his debut. He did. He did. And uh, Faraz Zayam has done, has done some good work, um, but uh, this is a bit of a different test for him, so I like it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Hey, this second topic, Luke, is a fight card that will be starting uh, not too long from now, and it goes Bellator 275 from Dublin, Ireland, so you got to expect that this arena is going to be a rocket, and it's a title fight atop it. Uh, Undercard, by the way, begins 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Bellator and Showtime Sports YouTube channels. Main card today, 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Showtime. But Luke, middleweight title atop the legend, Gegard Mousasi, the legend, the damn legend at 36. Will defend his middleweight title against unbeaten 11-0 Austin Vanderford, 31 years old, Mr. Van Zandt, all that stuff. But the more he has climbed this ladder to contention at the Bellator uh, 185-pound division, the more he's shown that, God, respect the name. Right? I mean, give him his own identity. It's more than just uh, really the most absurd Adam's apple tat that a, that a grown man could have come up with. Oh, I've seen worse than that. You really? Oh, yeah. What circles of life?
0: Dude, I've seen people that put mouths on their Adam's apple, like demonic mouths. I've seen people put murder scenes on their... I, just, I mean, the eye is certainly unusual and it stands out, but it gets much, much worse.
1: The whole point of this is the guy can fight Luke. But can he fight on this level against such a battle-tested veteran? Four-fight winning streak, won eight of his last nine. Sure, Gegard Mousasi, the former Force champion, never really had the massive giant moment, but he's been a champion, and an elite fighter at almost every stop. And Luke Luke minus two thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Gegard Mousasi is your favorite. Austin Vanderford plus one ninety. Is it as simple as saying this? If Vanderford cannot control the terms of this fight by being a monster takedown threat. You're not out striking Musasi for no. five rounds. Mm-mm. You're just not doing it. No,
0: you will. He, he can't win without the takedown. Like I, I, believe that. I'll just put it out there. I believe Vanderford's probably going to win. Um, Whoa!
1: I believe Vanderford's probably going to win.
0: Yeah. So you're
1: telling me that he's going to take that guy down, and he's he is isn't Musasi? And I know John Salter's a different opponent, but he dominated him
0: in top position. He sure did, dude. Musasi is. You know what's funny about Musashi? We should mention this in all seriousness. Here is one problem with the UFC Hall of Fame being kind of like the, like the de facto Hall of Fame. It's the Zufa Hall of Fame. Get it right. Is that what it is? More or less, right? Well, in a sense. But I mean, they've
1: thrown, us, they've, they've thrown some bones at Art Davey and the other guy. You know, okay, throw, okay,
0: Here's what I mean. He, he, obviously, Musasi's record is completely distinguished, and his UFC run was quite good, but it wasn't by itself... Hall of Fame worthy. In fact, if you combined his UFC and Pride run, it's extremely good, but it by itself is not Hall of Fame worthy. Yet, dude, if you had an MMA Hall of Fame, this guy's a first ballot on it. Like, I don't know how you can even have a debate about that. So uh, I do think that gets lost a little bit. He won't be remembered, I think, um, the way he probably should be. That being said, Vanderford, to me, is a significantly better wrestler and a more physical presence in that sense than Gegard Mousasi. But Mousasi's level of experience is something Vanderford could not possibly imitate if his life I mean, depended on it.
1: W- let's look at how Vanderford got here.
0: Okay. Has he
1: beaten the names that could prepare him? Because the video looks great. And, you're, and, and, and Vanderford, when he's, when he's going downhill and he's got you in complete control, he will ta- pull on your gas tank, but he will grind you out. He's got good ground and pound, he's aggressive. Do we ever see Musashi get handled like that, though?
0: Uh, he had, he's had all kinds of wrestling problems, sure, over the course of the years, yeah said, wrestling,
1: wrestling problems to get taken down or wrestling problems to be physically handled by somebody. I'm I don't
0: not. know that Austin Vanderford is going to physically handle him, but Lovato Jr. Certainly thoroughly out wrestled him. It was not in that majority sense.
1: decision lost, though. Cause you could have made a case for Musashi in that one,
0: right? I don't think you could have. I thought that was a pretty clean sweep to me on, on Lovato's thing, uh, case. But yes, here's the point. Musasi has so many skills and understands when to go in around, when to press the gas, when to press the brake, when to pursue opportunities because of all his experience. He doesn't get intimidated. He's fought guys in defense of Musasi like Vanderford before, guys who were much better than Vanderford, quite frankly, before. Here's the thing that I just don't think we're, we're talking about enough. I don't think this is the same Musasi from four years ago. He is close to 40. I'm not sure his exact name. 36, Luke. 36. But he's been in the game all He's been fighting since he was 17. I just
1: don't think he's looked bad in that four-fight win streak. I don't, I, you know, like... I
0: think there's been troubling
1: The Shulmenko fight in his Bellator debut was troubling. He got away
0: with one there. He should have lost that it, fight. That
1: was troubling, okay? I, and I know that he lost the title to uh, Car, to Rafael Lovato, Rafael as you Car- mentioned, yes, and, but a close decision. I don't know. I mean, he you know, he gave it to Rory. He gave it to, to, to Lima, Luke, right? I mean, he... he gave it to a
0: 170-pounder who was kind of past it by the time they got there, yeah. But but
1: the point of the argument we had a little bit of this on Wednesday was that I didn't see him compromised, even though he had advantages in in, in fights maybe that he should have won. So uh, Austin Vanderford 11 and 0, and we remember that he did get a win in the Dana White Contender Series early in his career, didn't get the contract. But Luke, he's got six fights under the Bellator banner, six and 0. But the names Fabian Edwards, Vinicius De Jesus. Grachik, Bazinian. Those are the last three, Luke. It's not, you know, in respect to anybody, none of those guys are going to have a resume like like Agard has. But none of those guys are as physically tough. Hang on. Sorry. Imagine if that was aggressive danger porn I know, that just came I out. I mean, just, okay. you know, like where somebody's committing Sorry a crime. Sorry about, you know? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I mean, I know there's, there might be consent involved in setting up the premise of it, but there's a crime. There's, I mean, it's a crime scene, Luke. You know what I'm saying? Listen,
0: there's nothing wrong with Brazzers, okay? But that wasn't Brazzers.
1: Was. Uh, Luke, uh, you know, Musasi, um, these guys ain't Musasi. No. And I can't see him just being content on the bottom taking some ground and pound.
0: He'll move, but, like, dude, v- Vandivert's ground and pound accounts for that. He, doesn't, he does a lot of work on top control where he's in someone's guard. But if they turtle, he's got the wrist rides and everything else he can, he can lay a hammer. So, uh,
1: let me tell you this. This is going to go into some championship rounds. I was, think
0: that's right, yes.
1: And I think is going to stop him late. I
0: think he's going to show him what's up. Okay. And uh, it, it's… Is the crowd going to cheer for him? Who are the Irish going to side with here? Actually, it's kind of an interesting question. Are they? Would you? Would you? Now
1: look, they love their own.
0: There's no question. Oh yeah, but there's no Irish guy. But there's.
1: Would you think that they are seasoned enough historian type fans that when they see freaking Gegard
0: Musasi, you know what I'm saying? I think so. Here's the only X factor is
1: what PVZ wears in the corner. (laughs)
0: Uh, I hadn't thought of it quite so explicitly. <laughs> what I meant to say was she will be in his corner, and she is well-liked, I think, by the Irish fans. I don't know that, but I'm, I'm assuming she's well-liked by the Irish fans. Uh, it will be interesting to see. Okay. I, they might go for Musasi a little bit more.
1: Mousassi can is pretty damn well, well well-rounded. Super. Is there a, a submission threat for him if Vanderford is able to consistently take him down can Musashi set those traps?
0: If you're consistently getting taken down, then I don't know about that. But what I would say is if you can get one or two, but you can't hold them down and like they count, but like the Whitaker takedowns, so maybe a little bit more than that, but not a whole lot more. What I would say is then you're really open for submission because then the guys get much more desperate about like really pursuing it, over pursuing a takedown, really kind of taking a little bit of risk to muscle their way through it. If I'm Musasi, it's not stopped. T- I mean, yes, if he stops the takedown, then obviously Vanderford has, I don't think, any realistic path to victory. But even if he can't fully stop it, if he can get him to make some mistakes in pursuit of it, um, that, would be very, that would be very advantageous. So uh, Musasi does have a good guard. He's got good submissions. And he's got good ground and pound too if he can reverse and get on top, which is possible as well.
1: Look, you've gone wire to wire backing the, the belief that this is a fight that Austin Vanderford could win. We're going to find out in a couple hours, but you think it's a decision? Vanderford's motor kind of surprises us in a way that Yaroslav Amoslav did. Vadim Nemkov, where you're like, okay, I've seen a little bit from them. They look pretty good. Oh, shit, they just made that leap.
0: I think Vanderford is going to beat him early and survive a late onslaught. That's what I think.
1: I think Musasi's going to not we'll only stop ass. him, I think he's going to whip his ass. I All think right. he's going to have his way with him. This should be That's why very, they fight, BC, because we don't know. It should be very interesting. Uh, real quickly, Luke, Musasi in the interviews this week was asked, you know, Look, you're 36, you're having this, I don't want to call it a renaissance or resurgence because he hasn't gone anywhere, but we are giving him, rightfully so, sort of some victory lap love and just sort of say, man, this guy's been there all along. They said, how would you compete today with the best in the world in your division? That's Adesanya, that's Robert Whitaker. Luke, he said, which I expect him to say 100%, I like my chances against both. How would you realistically like the 36-year-old Musasi's chances, if tomorrow he was fighting Israel Adesanya.
0: I think both those guys handle him. Handle him? Yeah, they handle him. Robert Whitaker handles him, and Izzy does too. Izzy would not get taken down. He would get back why, why feet, would, so would to Why are we so
1: far apart on our belief of Musashi's current
0: style. Because it's... N- Oh, and his current stock. We both agree about his, the ultimate of course. Uh, resume and what it shows. He is a... Uh, I mean, and by the way,
1: if Vanderford just turns out to be very good and he beats him, it just might happen that way. Yeah. But right now, before we know what happens in that fight, so dude, Musashi has won 9-10, Luke. He hasn't really faltered. 9-10
0: against who? He barely scraped by against uh, Machida. I mean, he got maybe even a little bit lucky. He barely scraped by. He deserved to lose the Shlomenko fight. So we're talking about 9-1. and one, What was like, the Machida mm.
1: problem? Lack of... Lack of... Uh... That
0: was not a very... Both guys didn't have a ton of offense was really the issue because he got kind of slowed down by it. And the Salter win is nice, uh, but Lima kind of came on late. Lima sort of shat the bed in that one. We don't know where he is. And the Machida, he barely got by. McDonald, he, barely, well, he, he beat the crap out of McDonald, but that was a, that was a welterweight coming up. And then Rafael Corvalho, was a, that was a really good win. Uh, I'll give him that was really good and He finished them all. He polished them off inside of one. That's a super solid win. It's not that there's not some good wins and some good names, but there's just enough troubling things for me in accumulation that I think this young guy who, yes, is kind of in over his head in terms of, you know, the scale of this and the kind of opponent. He can't match anything Musasi has done, not anytime soon. But I just feel like he's got a lot of just, you know, young youth invincibility. His particular style, I think, is going to be trouble for Musasi at least in parts of this fight. And for that reason, I kind of think he might get it done. And it's not that I'm sitting here, you know, saying Musasi would beat either one. I, just I think... predicted, by the way, Lovato was going to beat Musasi, yeah. and I got mocked by all my callers on my radio show. Boy, there was a lot of apologies that Monday, let me tell you.
1: You have spent a great deal of your life standing firm on unpopular opinions and being proven right in the end.
0: That's the story of my motherfucking life, dude. Yeah. That's the story of my motherfucking life.
1: If only people didn't have to hate you first I to then respect you. Did I
0: tell you about the one time I got clowned in seventh grade? This is a true story. Oh, you God. want to tell you? God. What, do you honest. know what the, all the colors are? The actual colors? Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow. Of course. Okay. okay. So, I am I am decently educated. So what happens when you combine all of the colors? What does it turn to? A rainbow. No, it turns to white, basically, when you've combined all of the colors. Black is technically not a color in that sense. It's the absence of light, right? We call this black, and it's something sort of approximating it, but it's not true black, which would be no color. Um,
1: this is a philosophy?
0: No. I made that. I made that point to my seventh grade teacher, and she was like, "No, you're wrong." So I brought in my brother's so a, a physics textbook, where it literally said that in it. Okay, that's where I got it from. I was reading his textbook, and you she goes, were,
1: "You must have been insufferable." at oh yeah. Oh yeah. At that age. So I
0: remember. I remember the teacher being like, "How do you?" Rec- I remember I being like, "How do you reconcile this?" And I remember she was saying she's like, it's true that black is the absence of light, but I'm gonna call it a color. And the class was like, oh, suck a dick, Luke. You don't (laughs) know shit.
1: Yeah, dude, they John Jones the shit out of you. Yeah, super John
0: Jones. It it, it only so happens that I remember my first year in college, I had a physics class, and I went and I was like, just to make sure, am I right about this? He's like, your teacher didn't know anything. So did you
1: consider the 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 R I P Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes types. Receipt to put
0: back on. So him? no, that teacher ended up getting fired later, and this is a true story for fucking a student. So she, uh, I feel like I feel like I kind of won out in that life. You know what I'm no, saying? No, the, the student probably won out Well, I, I don't mean, know. I fare. mean, banging, <laughs> banging that, banging that skank. I don't know. But
1: um, oh, I mean, come on. I mean, come on, Luke. You know. <laughs> you
0: know. So uh, so wow. in the, though this has been this this is like. I'm not trying to introduce unpopular ideas for the fun of it. It's like, dude, this is just what naturally occurs to me. Like, it's my life. I'm I'm being being serious with you. As like your professional partner, I'm telling you, I don't do it for effect. It just seems like I keep wandering into territory where everyone's like, everyone's like, dude, the fucking sky is fucking green. I'm I'm not trying to be an asshole
1: or be received as one. It's just natural. It's motherfucking natural, B.C. (laughs) You're naughty by nature. Not like this taurine, it. it's natural. Yeah, Dude, you, uh, w- did true or false, we had a health intervention earlier today where we're like, Luke, you lost a ton of weight, you're doing great, but your add-ons.
0: I know, they're not great. I you mean, know what? what the hell are you? I'm getting a little lazy. I'm getting a little lazy. You're
1: like, lazy. yo, let, let me get that vape. Let me get that let bang Let me get that energy. motherfucking vape. Let me get that bang energy drink. And then- I am a sophisticated gentleman. <laughs> and then you're like, yo BC, real talk between two friends, um, if you don't start building your core you're gonna have back issues, but you're like hold on let me get this
0: vape pad out Yeah, I'm a complete hypocrite uh, Yeah, <laughs> yes, look at me. I'm 14 <laughs> <laughs> I'm a model of
1: health <laughs> I Can't wait to play that at his funeral that would be great. Yeah, wow famous last words uh, Luke you care at all about this Coleman event that you would have to assume no, no I don't is gonna be the ticket seller in that area yes and all
0: well North Ireland it's all Irish affair but a Northern Ireland versus a, a Republic of Ireland fighter in that sense there's probably a little bit of rivalry but they're all kind of Irish so. it's gonna all be um, are what you having
1: yo are you are you trying to yo yeah, they want you to remove the vape because oh. it's low class, bro. That's such a low T move right there. Yeah, right. Shout out to Matt Ryle. Where we, is we, he? Should,
0: we should do some T testing, see where we're actually at. Yo, I, I would. <laughs> I'm probably pathetically
1: low. Yo, I would love to do that.
0: We should do it. I have to do it anyway, so uh, coming up soon. Do you think we can get the audience to predict our T levels? No. The, what would you do
1: when you found out I was more man than you? You will never be more
0: man than me, so that's not possible. Uh, how's your back?
1: You know, some people. How's your back? The people that know, they know I hide a lot of my man inside of me. <laughs> okay, all right. I probably
0: hide a lot of men inside of me. Yeah, that's okay. So it's okay.
1: So, Luke, Sinead Cavanaugh is going to take on Leah McCourt in this um, all Ireland duel. Yes. Remember when all those people were DMing me? They're like, "Yo, you got to tell Morning Combat fans the truth." that Shekinay Cavanaugh is going to knock Cyborg out. I know. Out. They were
0: completely convinced she was going to handle Cyborg. I'm like, fellas, no. <sighs> All right.
1: A lot of Irish people on this card, Luke, including a guy you talked up big on CBS Sports HQ. Big Irish guy. Uh, Zabit's brother. <laughs> Kassan very, very, Magomed Sheripov will be a minus 1,250 favorite yeah. against poor Jose Sanchez, plus 750. This is the Bellator debut for Zabit's brother, correct?
0: No, he already fought one time. One time in Bellator. How good does he look? He looks fucking awesome. He looks like the real deal of Holyfield. Obviously, it's very early and we can't say with any degree of certainty where it's all gonna go. But the early scouting report on this Bubba is that he he can, like, all these hammers out of Dagestan. What can they do? Everything. They can throw, they can they can strike, they can do ground and pound, they can submit from the back, they have good guards when they need it. Like. He can do it all. So, uh, at what level can he do it all? That remains to be seen. But I think poor uh, Jose Sanchez is in for a rough one. Yeah, yeah. You,
1: do you think the Scorpions rocked? Like, they, they kind of built their that second the one? Half. Rock
0: me like a hurricane. Yeah, yeah,
1: but I'm thinking more like the, nah, that, like that, that resurgence after the Berlin Wall came down. They were like, the winds of change. He was like,
0: <whistles> wasn't that Guns N' Roses? <whistles> a little patience. Oh and then
1: it's like, Take it's the thirtieth.
0: It's the thirtieth anniversary of Pantera's vulgar display of power. The Scorpions are some hoes. Sorry, hate to tell you that.
1: In their day, actually, though, I
0: don't hate to tell you. In that. In their I day, the Scorpion
1: they could they could rock though. In their day, I know they got they got very like. Dude, I was never into that. You know? I was
0: never into shit like that. I was I just never thought it was cool. I, I it just never moved me ever. Yeah,
1: it, the more I get to know you the more I understand why you are the way you are. <laughs>
0: Child abuse.
1: <laughs> all right, Luke, uh, anything else on this Bellator card you want to talk
0: uh, about? The Kassan uh, Magomed Sharapov one is obviously the biggest one. That's the one I want you to pay attention to. There are some other good fights in this card, but that dude looks like um, he's got title future written all over him.
1: All right, Showtime busy weekend, not just. Bellator main card today, 4 p.m. Eastern. How about Saturday night, 10 p.m. From Eastern? Vegas. From the cosmopolitan in vegas we got a triple header a very good triple header for showtime championship boxing of course it's a new main event but you're still going to get some prime time on showtime when chris colbert originally scheduled to face roger gutierrez for a 130 pound title gutierrez got COVID and pulled out we've got basically kind of a, a number one contender fight here as hector luis garcia slides in last minute garcia unbeaten 30 year old from the dominican republic a southpaw former Olympian can do some things. This is a very interesting test, but Luke, we played some Chris Colbert sound earlier this week from my interview that people can catch on youtube.com slash morning combat. We know Luke that he'll dye the hair. He'll even do it for charity causes. Uh, The celebrities are coming out. You saw the video with Deion Sanders, with uh, Tracy Morgan, with, I mean, people are getting woke to the idea that this kid from Brooklyn can fight from what you've seen on tape. What jumps out to you for the Chris Colbert experience?
0: It's so interesting when you see young fighters who, again, can he, no, no fighter is perfect, so he's not that. But when you watch him on tape, I want you to pay attention to something. He does things that senior fighters do. One, he's got all the flash and all that stuff. But what I mean to say is in late fights, you'll see adjustments really start appearing around the fourth to sixth round. So now he begins to take away things that the other guy did and introduce new elements that the other guy typically has no answer for. He's got some pop. I wouldn't call him a one-punch knockout threat, but he's got some pop. He's athletic. He knows how to get in, how to get out. He can switch stance when he needs to at times. Dude, the guy looks like he's the goods, man. Now, he's only 16, I think, 16 fights into his career and he's getting a late notice opponent, which could be tricky depending on how things go, but I'm just telling you, dude, there are guys, there are a couple of young 20 year old somethings in boxing, I'm not gonna put them on the level of Boots Ennis, I'm not gonna say that, but what I am gonna say is, when you see a guy in their 20s and they're slicksters, but they're thinkers at the same time, and they're good athletes, and they're good self promoters, Dude, you got a very, very special fighter you got to take care of. Like, and he's this flashy, and he
1: can talk. Yeah, he seems to be able to do it all. So, you obviously want to see him when he's climbing up the ladder against different styles and combinations and different types of fighters. He seems pretty damn well rounded. And dynamic and everything you just said, Luke. Beating
0: King Tug in his last fight, silver medalist in the Olympics. Absolutely.
1: And, and you know, and against King Tug, as you're seeing some highlights here, I mean, he took some shots showing us, even though King Tug was coming up in weight, showing us that he's a warrior. And if you hear him talk for five seconds, you'll believe that the Brooklyn-born Colbert uh, has been through some stuff and, and, and is here to deliver. Luke, he's a monster betting favorite, minus 3,000 because of the late notice situation. But Garcia's tricky. He's got that amateur pedigree coming from the Dominican. He's trained by, and by the way, when I say coming from the Dominican, I mean, he represented the DR in the 2016 Olympics at Bantamweight. And now he's trained by Ismael Salas as a pro who is just a Cuban, you know, master in terms of. Can I ask you uh, real
0: quickly about him? Is he somewhat, uh, insiders know him. Yes, is he somewhat unheralded in terms of the better coaches in boxing? Great way to, to say it. He's
1: finally starting to get a, that respect because he's grabbing. He's becoming that the trainer to go to, especially for you know the, the Hispanic-based fighters in in and around Cuba who know of his reputation. And he's a little guy. He wears those platform shoes when he holds uh, when he holds <laughs> the other. But dude, he's a smart guy. He's been with so many big names. Uh, he can't be with, in in person with Garcia do the la, last-minute notice of this fight. But it shows you that. If Garcia's going to work with a trainer like that, he's to be taken seriously. Big underdog, obviously, given what Colbert can bring. I wonder, though, if Garcia can make this a pure boxing match, a chess match, that will force Colbert to really show us mm. everything he's got.
0: Yeah, it could be, could, be, could be an interesting one. We'll see how Colbert does. But this is just one more time to pay attention to. If you watch this fight, watch how he fights the first six rounds. This is only going to be a 10 fight, so let's, how about this? 10-round fight, excuse me. Watch how he fights the first four to five rounds. Compare that to the last five. You will see a very different fight, assuming that he does what we think he can.
1: Colbert uh, says he still wants Gutierrez next for the title if he beats Garcia on Saturday night. But, Luke, he really wants Gary Russell Jr., the former longtime featherweight champion who has been tempting to to move up in weight and try to take on big fights to close out his career. That'd be a heck of a 130-pound showdown. We also know... The, obviously, that if Colbert keeps winning, you know you can enter him into the lightweight sweepstakes, which has a lot more names, <laughs> big stars, big young guys uh, that that he could face. Should Colbert win this fight? Yes, but I want to see him challenged. I want to see him be spectacular. He's becoming a must-watch guy. This his Showtime main event debut. Check that out. But Luke of this triple header, uh, Jerwin Encahias is going to fight. Fernando Martinez for his world title in the first one. That's just going to be exciting in the way it is. But this co-main event has had us opening our eyes and paying attention. Gary Russell Jr.'s brother, Gary Antoine Russell, stepping up. Like, he's ready to get into that title picture. Consider this a step up when he takes on former world champion Victor Postal, who Three losses have come against the very three best fighters this division has had in the past decade. Terence Crawford, Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez. He was very competitive with Ramirez and Taylor, which shows that even in his late 30s, the Ukrainian uh, technically sound, but he'll stand in there and fight. And he's a great counterpuncher. We're finally going to find out exactly who Gary Antoine Russell is. And I think that's the prevailing storyline. But you saw interviews with yeah. Stahl considering the Ukraine-Russian conflict going on right now. We're seeing, you know, which fighters. Some fighters are getting in the front lines, like the Klitschko brothers. Other fighters, like Lomachenko, are, you know, ducking out to try to stay in camp and stay where they're going. Yeah. Uh, how you have to. I mean, how do you put into words what that must be? I
0: can't even imagine. I believe. I, I could be wrong about this. I know he's got family there, and I believe he did an interview with um, Fight Hub TV's Marcos Vijegas, and I believe in that interview he said his wife and child are still back in the Ukraine. I mean, if that is the case, dude, I I I, I don't know how you can sleep at night, much less you got to fight this fucking hammer, Gary Antoine Russell. I just Dude, I, I have so much admiration for him. I, 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 maybe he needs the money, or he wants the money, or he's. I mean, this, is, this is a good opportunity for him. It's in Vegas, co-main event, a guy against the Insiders No and Gary Antoine Russell, but what, what, what a weight on his shoulders. I, I don't envy him. I, I have genuine heartfelt sorrow for him in this country, of course, and I don't know what else to say.
1: Yeah. We are getting. Uh, oh, he
0: apparently is going to leave immediately. How is he going to get to you? Keith Iddick of
1: uh, BoxingScene.com reporting that yeah, he's going to fly directly home right after the fight. There's,
0: there's no, there's no flights over. His twin sons. Oh my God, his twin and his sons. Wife and, are back and, in dude, the, I mean, how do you sleep? I can't. I wouldn't even know. I would. I would be beside myself. I, I, I mean, can't live without my wife and daughter, man.
1: Uh, wow. The Our, our producer Corey Vanich uh, relaying more info. Uh, it's, it's obviously a very serious world situation that we're all tied into. Postal, that's got to be on his mind because if, if he gets a victory here against an unbeaten guy who's rising under these circumstances. Uh, well, look, just crazy. for you know, if you take away the circumstance, he's right back in the title mix. This guy has only lost to the best. He's a former world champion. He's still got it. Freddie Roach is his trainer, but man, I can't even imagine focusing
0: during that. Right, it's uh, he has, uh, he's got a mind that is. Um... That kind of focus is extraordinarily rare. Uh, Gary Antoine Russell is different from his brother, not as
1: much a slickster and speedster darting in and out, a little bit more well-rounded, solid. This is a big test. If Gary Antoine Russell can pass it under any circumstances, we're going to have a different conversation come Sunday to talk about where he's going and where he's headed that 140 to the top, because this is a big fight and a big deal. Luke staying on boxing and staying uh, in that 140 pound division. We know that the undisputed champion, the second in this division's history to hold all four belts, it's unbeaten. Josh Taylor, the Mm -hmm. tartan tornado uh, from Scotland, who's fresh off stopping late, unbeaten Jose Ramirez to put together those four 140-pound belts. Yes, there's talk for uh, Taylor's future of, you know, could he move up to Walter Wade and fight Terrence Crawford? Could he wait for Teofima Lopez to move up? He's got big things ahead of him. He's in my top 10 pound for pound. Luke, on paper, this Saturday it's going to be a stay busy, a homecoming in Glasgow, Scotland against mandatory yet unbeaten opponent Jack Catterall betting odds are telling you taylor minus 1400 as your favorite mm. uh, the home the hometown element should really spur him on but are you anticipating any sort of hiccups here for josh taylor who has really proven dude from the pro gray win to the ramirez win he's the real freaking deal Yeah,
0: no. the thing with like lomachenko he had the co- or uh, excuse me with um with Teofimo, he had the richard comey win which was a big one and then he and especially the way he did it and then he had the lomachenko win and then he kind of fell off, and I was like, "Well, I didn't think Cambosis was going to do it." So, in the same in the same vein, who was a mandatory? That was why that fight happened. Uh, this was, a, I think, a WBO mandatory, although obviously all the belts are on the line. Um, I just didn't think he could get it done. I don't think he can get it done here. Speaking of Victor Postol, obviously Josh Taylor has a win over him and and many more after that. The Regis Progre one, I thought Progre was going to win that one. That was the one where Taylor, I was like, dude, I just can't deny this guy. What was that, a split decision, Major- fight of the year decision, contender?
1: Yeah. I mean, just a war, yet a technical war, yeah, and, Pro- and that's what dude, Josh
0: Taylor can Pro-Grey do. Progre is a beast. So for Josh Taylor to beat him is extremely impressive. Dude, the only answer here is... Either Catterall is not who we think he is, or Taylor has to be unprepared for this.
1: Yeah, do I, am I getting that, Camboso's vibes work. from Catterall? No. Did I miss the boat on Camboso's we coming did. in? We did. We did. we did. we did. A lot of people did. And I think all of those circumstances of that fight being delayed and changing networks, you know, all that stuff with the purse bid played into it, credit to Camboso's. He got his win. He's got a monster fight coming up. I feel like this is Josh Taylor's canvas, though, to paint something special in front of the hometown get fans, get a stoppage. And then we're talking about who's next.
0: And Luke, you know. Oh, we have a, we have some breaking news on the boxing side. Let's do it. Uh, Fury versus Dillian White confirmed. Uh, WBC crown heavyweight April 23rd, Wembley, London. April 23rd.
1: That is uh, going to be a monster. That's
0: going to be a monster.
1: It'll be an absolute monster. Uh, we'll see what happens with Taylor Catterall. They, you know, we still don't know where, Ty- where Terrence Crawford's going. So right. So is there a scenario where top rank says, okay, Josh Taylor, you're the undisputed junior welterweight champion, why don't you fight Terrence Crawford? And although we don't promote him anymore, Terrence Crawford, we'll pay you what you need to come back into this fight. How much of that, hey, Bob Aram, I sued you for being a racist could prevent that?
0: (laughs) Well, or the other way, I want to go back to top rank, I'm going to sue you. And so as a matter of resolving the lawsuit... I'm going to demand concessions as a way to drop it. That's another way he could do it too. That's, that's, I don't
1: see Crawford going back.
0: I don't see it either. But, it. So I, I, I but tend- there are fights
1: suddenly. If you're Crawford at right. 147 and you could potentially that's fight right. Josh Taylor, Ta- Teofimo, who's moving up. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, All but right. I,
0: but I would say that like, I think eventually, I'm not, I don't know what when the hell is going to happen, but I just I don't, how does he not sign with PBC? It just, I don't, I don't care. I
1: think, I think Terrence Crawford's going to have to take a pay cut because top rank overpaid him in succession on those big contracts to keep him from going to the PBC, right? They basically said we know that all the fighters you want to fight are across the street but we'll give it, they did the same thing to Tim Bradley after he fought Pacquiao right? right it's sort of like and I think that raised Crawford's self-value and it's hard because if you're Crawford you should believe you're the pound for pound best in the game right 100% but the, the numbers haven't backed it up. I know he argued that top rank never really promoted him. And you hear so many people say Terrence Crawford just doesn't care about promoting himself. So that is what that is. When he figures out what he's willing to accept, though, Luke, let's get him back in a big fight. Come on. Come on, Al Heyman. Come on. Let's make Spencer yes. Crawford before, uh, before we're doing this as 40-year-olds. Please, let's do that. We close with topic five, which is some quick hitters, Luke. But there's some potentially, interestingly, surprisingly big nuggets in here. The first one that came down Wednesday right after we finished filming Morning Combat in the studio. How about this, Luke, in the field of carnival celebrity, MMA boxing crossover fights. Triller, mm-hmm. host of the Triller triad and the Verse, and and, and, many, and many
0: ledgers in the red.
1: According to Dave Meltzer, having lost $811 million last year, has purchased a majority stake in BKFC. What makes this super interesting is these are the two leading players in whatever this bubble is right now, which is celebrity, it's bare knuckle, it's, it's the oddball bubble of the moment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of proven right now that you can sell. They're combining their their forces. What the hell does this mean? What could this we'll do? Go. Are they cornering the market on aging fighters or these crossovers now?
0: So I was thinking about it, like what do the two things do? Like if you're Dave Feldman and you run BKFC, you already know that Triller overpays for everything. Remember the first bid fell apart in the end. Well, the fight fell apart in the end, but remember the first bid for, for Teofimo Teo was like six million. The next highest was like two and some change. So my hunches, dude, and they blew through 800 million in a year. Oh, dude,
1: they, they're bringing out just they're bringing out Justin Bieber, Bieber Ice and Cube. Black I mean, Keys
0: and Metallica and everything else. They just they completely burned through. Prom faces. They're gonna overpay for things. I bet Dave Feldman made a pretty fucking penny on that deal for the majority—not the whole thing, but the majority controlling share. First of all, so one, it makes sense. So who is gonna pay you more money than Triller is gonna pay you for for BKFC? Probably no one. Take the money, number one. Number two. I don't know exactly how they're going to combine forces because BKFC does have a series of rules about guys starting closer, the ring is round as opposed to like the actual four corners where it requires a little bit more um, nimble footwork, and then Triad has a different shape altogether. But here's the thing they have in common. They share basically, basically the same class of fighter, more or less. So it does make sense that they would align, and in fact, what I would say is BKFC is better about reaching out to like the grassroots level of the fight community, whereas Triller tries to parachute in. They do. That's a decent combo you could put together there. Separate actually.
1: Separate lanes that are close enough that kind of make this it does make sense. sense, and it's like
0: it's one what, of the first like halfway smart things that Triller's done. I'm like, it's actually not a bad BKFC idea. BKFC
1: match makes very well and creates sort of a pro wrestling viral shitstorm feel. Yep. What does Triller do good so far? Make big productions. They they do have a very professional look and feel when they do come on the broadcast, that professionalism can go out the window if they're blowing weed in Al Bernstein's face or whatever. You know what I mean? like There's been some Poor wild Al. thriller shit where you're like, do I really need all these washed rappers as my fight analyst? Can I get one guy in there that maybe yeah. knows something what's going on? But the point is, look, they've got what, the ex-American Idol producer, they're always, director, they're always flaunting. I don't know who the fuck they've got you. some talented people and they figured out whether you care or not, how to bring in Metallica, how to bring in these massive giant acts. I really felt like the Triller triad, which was supposed to merge MMA and boxing together with the smaller gloves, I felt that was the first time outside of Mike Tyson and Roy Jones that Triller did something right, where you're like, maybe their maybe they're 15 minutes isn't, it this, could, this could extend an, this a little bit This was an longer. investment
0: that made rational sense, even though we don't fully know how they want to use it. I would say one more thing, and you brought this up yesterday. Let's circle back to it. Dave Feldman saying he's going to make a bid for Engano Services. That money from Triller is going to help BKFC put out larger purse bids. That's where I was going uh, to get. get uh, so other I was going to say go that
1: through. Triller created something with the tri- with the triad thing, where you're like, you know, I actually could see this work only if they had BKFC's roster and ability to. Well, now you're bringing it together, and we don't know how much money is behind Triller. We know they used a lot of it last year, but Luke, if they can use that money to at least be at at the conversation, at least be at the table with a Francis Ngannou, with a Nate Diaz when he's up, with a whomever
0: you want, really. I don't know. Here's who this affects. It probably affects the UFC a little bit, but not really, not in any kind of meaningful way. This is actually much more of a problem, I would argue, for your Bellators and your PFLs. Now, both of them have their own ways to recruit and pay, Right, Bellator is introducing these, these uh, weight class tourneys, they pay out a million, obviously PFL does the same thing, or you know, approximately the same thing anyway, but mostly they subscribe to that, only that, that, that seasonal model. What I'm trying to make here is, they're gonna be competing much more for a similar class of fighter than the UFC is gonna be competing with them. Yes. And so if I was UFC, or excuse me, if I was Bellator or PFL, I'd be paying close attention to this to see, if nothing else, to what extent does the additional money for purses cause them, maybe they overpay for talent, but that's still as talent. You got outbid for could be interesting. could, it be, could interesting. be
1: interesting. Um, you have to wonder, you know, if they could get, I mean, they, they were the ones that had, you know, they did the Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight, right? Which, which was a big mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Paul's had, had the fights on showtime. We don't know what Jake Paul's next move is if they could get a Jake Paul type as, as sort of, okay, this is our sort of pay-per-view darling. And then you add to that the fun fights that they seem to be making with these guys that are, that are just washed to be leaving pro boxer and UFC, but not in a scary moment. Yet. Right. The Vitor Belfort's, right? Or they're even, that, that or even uh, yeah,
0: we don't want that. But like Mike Perry was like a real smart signing for them.
1: No, I want that with Vitor Belfort. I'm saying that's the level oh, I see. That, I was, okay, where they, got a little, they still got a little bit left in. It's not mm-hmm. dangerous territory yet, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're probably, you know, smearing that, that cream and clear on their toast in the morning. Like I care. The uh, one part of the exact quote from Dave Feldman talking to Ariel Hawani was, um, like I said, this deal allows more opportunities for BKFC, more resources, more funding, just everything that we really need to vie for that number one or number two spot in all of combat sports. I, that's aggressive from Dave Feldman. But um, now, do you think this is going to be like instant where we're just merging into one or is it going to be because let's not forget Triller also wants Fight TV. Where they've been putting the Triller fights on, uh, and you can get a lot of a lot of different pay-per-view type things on Fight TV. Is this just going to be now BKFC, you know, is a mo- is is it is under the Triller flag, and we can f- flow them a few I, dollars here, or are they going to merge the circular BKFC well, bare knuckle concept with the Triller Triad concept and just find a way to make a?
0: I, I don't know exactly how that's going to go, but I would also say, speaking of like distribution. You would imagine Triller because they just spend stupid amounts of money is going to have a higher level of production value than what BKFC can ordinarily afford in-house.
1: No question so about there's,
0: it. So there's going to be an elevation of the brand through production upgrades. I would imagine it's a smart. It, I don't know what it means for Triller, and I don't know what it means exactly for their combination, but it's definitely a good deal for BKFC you know for be great? sure. If
1: they were like, we got to make a run at more legitimacy. Crime Faces had a good run on there. Pete Davidson was decent. Who's hot is this? We need Luke Thomas's full-time services. We need to get him away from CBS and Showtime. Yeah, no, no. We need him to be the face no. of, the tri- of the
0: triad, okay? No, no. Only if I can vape.
1: <laughs> well, it just so happens, Luke. Uh, you can. Uh, quickly, how about this for one matchmaking at the 1X anniversary card? You know I like old guy fights, but I get scared these days because Triller ruined old guy fights. Don't put Van Holyfield out there. Shinya Aoki versus Seksayama. I'm here, I'm here for this shit. I'm here I, for this. I bl- don't care. I'm here for this absolute bullshit. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't care about that at all.
1: <laughs> all right, Luke, finally, an odds and ends. I have one more after you're done.
0: How about you say that first? Go ahead. UFC's Dana White is in talks for the Food Network to have a show. Uh, he has something he does every Friday, which I wouldn't know because uh, we have mutually blocked one another. He calls it Fuck It Friday video series. White every Friday posts a video to his social media channels where he eats a strange concoction of food. So he has
1: the kitchen in the UFC office and they'll make him like a donut burger. Yeah,
0: so some recent examples include pickles that were stored in Kool-Aid for a week and deep fried In-N-Out burger. UFC has since trademarked the phrase Fuck It Friday last year, says uh, Chief Operating Officer Lawrence Epstein. And uh, White, quote, this thing has completely blown up. This thing is doing three to four million views every episode. It's one of the most fun things I do. I love fighting, drinking, and food. And, and not with, paying fighters and what and they not, deserve. And not books. And with this, I get to do all three of them. Uh, nice. Yeah, pay rich people to eat weird shit is apparently a thing. So uh,
1: Finally, uh, on Quick Hitter, somebody's in my ear. If you're, yo, if you're coming on, who, who, wants to, who wants some of
0: this? Thank you. Mr. Is he just ye- loudly talking? I haven't seen him. <clears throat> yo, new rule, Manich. Unless the people can hear you too? You know what? New rule. We gotta find a way for Manich to get on the broadcast. I'm ready. Dude, I've I'm been ready. trying
1: to push Manich off the plank for a while. I think he's a little protective because he's a legitimate musician, unlike Jay Aaron. Yeah, Jay's He a wants flaw. to protect the Manich brand, yo.
0: Yo, Jay is just a tone-deaf poser.
1: Yo, but I I googled Lonely Angeles before by Maniche, and I was like, okay, player, okay, right?
0: Lonely Angeles.
1: Okay, respect the game. Yeah, Luke.
0: You can't shit on me yeah. Not the
1: show. yeah, Don't you can't shit on Maniche's art. No, I
0: thought Lonely Angeles was was Pennington James. No, that's Maniche, bitch. Oh, sorry, bro. Okay, this guy's, this bad, guy's now hard. He's mad, now he's mad at me. This guy's hard for a white guy. Okay, uh,
1: here's the deal. Finally, Luke, a lot of people want us to give a take, even though it happened a few days ago. The John Jones video from that arrest that happened Hall of Fame night in Las Vegas is finally made the rounds. Uh, it's pretty disturbing, Luke. We've got tweets from John that I want to get to in a second, but short of that, Luke, just first response. You you watched it? I did. I I, I turned I, I turned it off before the headbutt, dude. It. it as it should be, in a way, it was disturbing as all. I couldn't finish it, Luke. It, it's like when somebody's like, you want to watch this MMA guy get his arm broken in half and the other guy takes it home. Yeah. I don't need to see that. No, I, don't need to me. see.
0: I mean, I watched the whole thing and probably shouldn't have, to be honest with you. I would just say the following. Everyone always wants me to be mad at him and get back at him and like have a little fun with the beef, but I don't know how you can just survey what happens in the video and then, obviously, more recently in his life and, re- and say anything other than Listen, I'm sure he's made his fair share of mistakes, some of them quite publicly, and maybe at some point he should be held to account for them. But at the same time, you can hold opposing ideas in your head at once if you're a reasonable adult. It can be true that he has engaged in self-destructive behavior for which some kind of come up and or so reckoning is, is due. On the other hand, you can also recognize the, the reason why he has so many problems, it seems, and of course only a mental health professional and then other medical professionals could tell us for sure, but it just feels like he's got a lot of um, he is in pain. He is in mental pain. He is in yeah. he is in anguish, and he doesn't know what to do with it. And it's causing him to do and make all kinds of bad decisions about his life. And he, dude, I'll just say it one more time: I don't like him, but I don't wish I don't wish anything on him well, look, like uh, this. This is he needs help. He yeah, really, really, really needs help. A lot of addiction,
1: unfortunately, is just the the constant masking of
0: pain. And you do you understand it. my point? Like you yeah, can you, hold, you can hold it once that he's done wrong and kind of skated through life in a lot of ways. And I understand that, but dude, you cannot ignore this other reality. The guy is suffering and you, he needs help. It's, he needs help.
1: It, I mean, he showed the full, the full thing in that video from, you know, trying to attack the officers verbally to putting it all on himself in, in a scary way. And his responses on Twitter since then and like it's look like you know after Connor got hurt against Poria, I'm like, just take the Twitter away from him, go rehab and quiet. John just coming right out, and it's been the full the full thing. One of the one was lol. I was hoping that video got lost in the files somewhere with a he laughing really emoji. Yeah, but then he comes out with this Luke, which is pretty serious, saying, My fiance left me about two months ago. Today she finalized that she won't be coming back. If you are a John Jones hater, have a toast. I feel like shit.
0: John John Jones cannot fail. He can only be failed. That's that's his modus operandi. He cannot fail. He can only be failed. And as long as that's the way he looks at the world, his problems will only continue. Uh, He would, you know, go on to pump himself up and say
1: the story's far from over. I'm wise enough to know that we all go through seasons in life. I've had many great ones and several bad ones. I'm excited for the next one. I'm about to be heavyweight champion of the world and capable of so many things. I don't wish him bad, Luke. I know I've called for his job in the past when the transgressions just got so ridiculous because, look, if someone's going to make a change before they blow it all, and he's come very close to blowing it all multiple times, you got to take away the last thing that they're just leaning towards sometimes to do that. Maybe for him, hopefully for him, it is the the loss for now of his family, forever. how long this goes, that that does kind of be a... a, I
0: don't even want to talk about this, dude. This is fucking gross. It's gross, dude. For him to put his business out in the public like that and bring his family back into it, I feel bad even talking about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. It's awful, dude. It's really, really awful. He needs help and anyone around him needs to give him help. And if you're not, I'm gonna say the last thing I'll say in this BC, dude, these problems do not go away on their own. It is not a skin rash. It is not a it is not a way you feel. It is it is it is alive inside of you, and unless you do something about it, it will consume you over time. It's just the way the world works.
1: All right, we'll we'll see where that goes, Luke. We close every Friday show, dude. We we're efficient today. Is that a good or bad thing?
0: We're efficient with art. I don't waste time, money. I was leaving Jordan three footprints in the park. Yeah, motherfucker. Um, you talk a lot, Aki, but you ain't got the nerve.
1: Yeah, we do talk a lot in the microphone. The four-pound is silly,
0: but the Glock absurd.
1: And some of it is bullshit, and we get called out for it, but we stand the test of time, and we st- we'll take that stand and, and stand up to it. You better have receipts if you want me to sit on this L. But if you find out that I deserve it, I'll squat on that shit. It's called
0: dead wrong. I've been rocking D.C. all the way to Gothenburg, cop the bird, and distribute it until I got the word. Big meat, they call me Larry Hoover. Big meat. Uh, Not Man- big meat, Man- fuck Man- face. No one calls you Man- that. Manich
1: produces our show over there. Uh, Luke, Morning Combat... <laughs> no at- one calls you big meat. Morning... <laughs> well... <laughs> yeah. Off camera, Luke. Uh, Morningcombat at gmail.com is the official address if you think you've been wronged and you want to talk about it. Or we have wronged you in some way. Yeah, that's it. Uh, number one's from Andy. Hey, Donks, at 19 minutes, five seconds of episode 254, after making his crude Sandusky reference... <laughs> I'm guessing this is a you problem bc brings up Star Wars episode one attack of the clones saying the Gungans were coming on While the Gungans would have made Harold Howard proud Episode one is the Phantom Menace Episode two is attack of the clones get off the Delta eights and get your Star Wars straight you old biatch huge fan of the show keep up and keep radiating that BDE, one love. You don't have BDE. It's Andy from COVID Lakes, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you, how do you like that little one love? Thing, okay, that's know? really okay, funny. That, that's, that's well really done good. there, Andy. Yeah, I was yeah. wrong. I t- I'll take that off. And if I, if I ever made it seem like the Gungans were coming on, they weren't coming on at all. They helped, but they know how to party. That Gungan party to close episode one, You know, I, I could have been down on that I shit. was hopeful
0: they were all going to somehow forget they couldn't breathe underwater and drown.
1: I mean, they were integral, but they weren't coming up. Were
0: they integral or integral? Which one were they? I
1: think that's the same thing. That's, that's tomato, tomato. That's Rousey or Rousey. Yes, I,
0: I I, I'll said. admit that she says it Rousey, but no, she says it Rousey. Rousey? She says Rousey. Okay. She well, knows. she doesn't
1: say that. That she's not like my name is Ronda Rousey. You know, it's, it's
0: okay. Well, it ain't integral. Yo,
1: I don't want to talk about Ronda Rousey all right okay it's gross All right, i don't want to talk about that okay don't no, we, i mean are we really we're, we're devolving to this level I mean, almost
0: I mean, what are we doing
1: i mean seriously dude do you want me to like should i just can i dip on this show imagine a podcast host dipping are while you, they are you podcasting. under the
0: impression this would bother me because it would not bother me, me
1: right.
0: our second one's from uh
1: gary from glasgow 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 Glass Yes, Glass Cow, yes. Hey, Luke Thomas, great second name, by the way.
0: (laughs) I get killed for this constantly.
1: Morning Combat, episode 268. When talking about Josh Taylor's upcoming fight with Jack Catterall, you mispronounced Glass glass Cow.
0: I thought it was Glass... I I could have sworn it was Glass Go. Normally, I don't give a shit, but I like
1: you guys, so I thought I would help you out. You pronounced it Glass Gow. Yeah. The correct way to pronounce it is Glasgow. Glaz- Glaz- Glasgow or Glasgow? Glasgow. Or if you're from Glasgow, you're, it's pronounced Gilleska, Gilleska. I mean, these, 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 <laughs> <laughs> these fucking Scots, Listen, I right? love
0: Scotland, but I'm not going to go that far with Dude, it. Dude, I
1: have a Scottish last name, but I'm not Scottish at all.
0: Campbell is Scottish?
1: Damn right. Biatch? Campbell? Yeah, right? I'm Lithuanian on that shit and French-Canadian, right? And an eighth Irish, all right?
0: You're nothing. You're nothing.
1: All right. Are you going to take... Yeah, I guess we'll take that out. Yeah, I'll I'll, take that out. I'll pronounce shit because I'm ignorant. Also because, you know, I can't get it all right, Luke. Yeah, I know. Uh, We have one more for you. Um, From Vince, on episode 256, at the one hour and four minute mark, BC was dead wrong for not only wearing the the one love hat, but... (laughs)
0: That but that is atrocious. But I mean.
1: <laughs> but he do you know our producer Matt Snyder? Every single day is like just just so we know like that's a low T move. Do not wear that hat anymore. He does say know? that. Uh, BC was uh, wrong about everything regarding the Chocolatito <laughs> Martinez fight. BC said Chocolatito was moving up in weight and the fight would be at 118. It's actually Martinez moving up and the fight will be at 115, super, super flyweight, excuse me. Good work all around by BC. Boxing hardcores didn't have to die for this. Where's Rafe when you need him? <laughs> wow, hell wow. Yeah. old school, I like that. They guy. wanted
0: the, uh, their boxing content and fuck MMA. Yeah, fuck.
1: Sorry, I did, I did that. Look, I, I have, you know, I'll butcher. I'll butcher anything you give me, right?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: Yes. like OJ. No, not like, no, not, not like, you know, I, I, would you say that I, would you, wow, (laughs) would you say that I have more Kato Kalin vibes? Like, I've got, kind of got that, like, like, he, he probably could have been something.
0: Like, if you were the guest living in OJ's guest house, would you also be the weirdo on the stand? Yeah, I can only imagine how that would go. I cannot believe you made that joke. That's a really.
1: But what, is, it that, is it that it's dated, or is it that it's so insensitive? Or was it just not a good joke? Because I think the timing and the delivery were like 8 out of 10.
0: Here's, here's how you should like parse this. It is an old joke. Your it's jo- timeless, though. It is Your timeless. joke was so gruesome, it still felt fresh. <laughs> then that means it worked. That means it succeeded. Oh, it had an impact. <laughs> Mostly me being like, well, there's the HR phone call when yeah. the show is over. You know. The thing about that Pat Tillman situation, oh
1: that interview was really God, good that we did too, but they chopped that shit up, yo.
0: Yeah, imagine Fred that. Greg Kelly from. Uh... Uh, imagine that. Hey, first things first, let's talk about Jerry Sandusky in the showers. Uh, this is not what this is about. We're actually here to talk about uh, the life of bees. No, I want to talk about Jerry Sandusky! <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, you know where's Phil? You
1: think Phil's here anymore? Um, Phil, can you come on? Can can we bring Phil on for to close the show or to, to just maybe a closing segment? Why?
0: Yeah, it's a great. I have question. I have an
1: apology to make, Ash. Okay.
0: I fear the Greeks even when they bear gifts.
1: Can we bring Phil on here? Sure. Phil, Phil, right between us, right between us here. Phil's a hand. Would you? What would you decide, Phil's
0: Phil? Can of? they hear him?
1: They say I'm that that, the, that mic. the mic can pick him up. Okay. I want to apologize, not only, Luke, did we misrepresent, uh, possibly, potentially, Phil's taste in women and and really set him off, he looks like a grimy POS, Luke, but he went to Vanderbilt, dude, that's like the Ivy League of the South, right?
0: That's what every good school in the South calls themselves, by the way, UVA calls themselves the same. There's only one Harvard, right? Listen, I want to take this time to apologize to absolutely no
1: one, including you! Phil, you had a great week, thank you so much for your service, do you want to plug anything or anyone? No. Oh, Chatham, New Jersey, I guess. Shout out to shout out to Phil. You Thank you. Yeah. So Luke, just just listen,
0: Jerry. Get off stage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Luke, we have so many nice people that work on this. show.
0: I state. know, I know, we really do, and yeah. I can't name any of them. Will
1: they testify against us? That's the question, Luke. Will they?
0: Will they? Probably. Right. Probably. You want to get out of here?
1: <sighs> Man, we just did a lot of good.
0: Shit. I don't think people have any ideas. We've been marathoning it for. Three days now, and it's. I'm glad to be going home.
1: Yo, but that when that stuff hits, it's going to hit. It's going to hit
0: hard. Yeah, I'm happy about it.
1: I saw Chuck Mindenhall
0: this week. We did. We did see old Chucky. It was good to yeah. see old Iceman. We
1: were like, keep that hat on, though,
0: bro. Okay, <laughs> it's just, you know. Listen, Darth Vader, episode six.
1: Hey, you took a picture of me in the hotel lobby last night, and I banned you from showing it.
0: I. You did. I, I so desperate. I had the drug rug on. To. He had on pajama pants that I think had cows on it.
1: They had, and they had then dogs. Then he
0: had the drug rug on, slippers, a cloth mask. Uh, and then a jacket on top of the drug rug, although the drug rug was peering out like chest hair on uh, you know a, a nightclub owner or something like that. Some it,
1: of us do our dirt behind the scenes. They don't bring the vape pen to the table. Uh, full
0: pizza to no, I
1: <laughs> yeah. did not have them. <laughs>
0: there full was one time, BC, we were we were, swear to God, we split apart in Vegas, and we were like, okay, dude, we're gonna eat good today. We're gonna te- team health. And then like two hours later, we see BC sneaking through Gonzalez e Gonzalez <laughs> <laughs> with a fucking full pizza. Not even a slice, bro. This motherfucker was like the hamburger,
1: like. (laughs) Well, the worst part was when each was like, yo, where are we hanging out? I'm like, bro, I'm I'm too old. I got to go to bed. And I woke up from (laughs) sleeping and I was like, yo, I wonder if that pizza place is still open.
0: And it was. And I got caught. Yeah. Yeah, It was. All right. All right. right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Tons of stuff coming your way. I might do a post-fight show tomorrow. We'll see. Just depends on whether I have a babysitter or not. But, um... Uh, you need to re- you need to rectify
1: your childcare situation as it as it pertains to morning combat unless unless you want to make uh I can't do Violetta so- pa- like pa- a permanent part of it you know like I'm going to have
0: her start pulling social assets you
1: know Dan Lebitard's dad Poppy yes remember the role he played on that ESPN show yes how close are we to have uh Violetta to, well, to she'll, have Tukey play in she'll the get
0: on the screen and tell you she loves dinosaurs and she loves the slides and the swings and she loves um, Encanto so. She Does does she, does she know how to edit? It can be learned. It can be learned.
1: <laughs> We're like, Phil, you had a good run, but uh, we got your replacement right here. Yeah. Uh,
0: Alright, all right, we can definitely end this.
1: Alright, for our great staff here at Balca and uh, the future's bright for Morning Combat. It really is, Luke.
0: Thanks to all the it's staff this right week. Thanks to um, our boss from Showtime who came down yesterday and had lunch with us. Shouts to BD. Happy birthday, Beatty. Uh You're you're he's about as old
1: as me. He looks a little more spry than me. A little more a little more active than me. You know?
0: He does. Uh, makes, show, a little, makes a little more money than us too. I mean.
1: Showtime is the home of combat sports, and they got you covered. Bellator is is today. One p.m. starts the uh, the preliminary card on YouTube on the Bellator and Showtime Sports channels. But at four p.m. Eastern today, Bellator back. It's Musasi. It's Vanderford. It's the middleweight title. Do not miss that. 4 p.m. Eastern today on Showtime. And check out Showtime Championship Boxing, the triple header Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern from Las Vegas. Chris Showtime, Colbert, in that main event. Uh, if you don't have this channel that we're talking about, Showtime.com, 30 days free. Roll that dice. See what happens. You're going to like the way it looks on you. I guarantee it. Mm. For, Luke, for Luke Thomas. My name is can you at least zoom in on these stains, please, cameraman.
0: Why don't you zoom in on your skin stains? <laughs> your uh, lips. I mean spots. I mean Luke. I mean Luke. Listen, I left this here in studio. I don't give a shit. But but cares. but
1: my first thought is is semen. Like that's yeah, my that, Yeah,
0: because you're five years old and mentally uh,
1: I mean if they can get it from this angle, that is that is that's wild, right?
0: <laughs> Dude, you're wild. five years old. You're five years old. You have the mental capacity of a five-year-old. Yo,
1: can I borrow that vape after the show? Hell yeah! Uh, For Luke Thomas, my name is Brian Campbell. Um, This show actually wins awards. It's called Morning Combat. (laughs) Morning Campbell. Thank you to all you fans out there. Stay well, folks. And in the words of Luke Thomas, may all your ex-lovers stay satisfied.
0: Vape! Vape!